Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome everybody to the flagship podcast. Merry Christmas. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Joined as always by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Chip. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing yeah. great. I've had an unbelievable... Um, I was in Vegas over the weekend. Uh, what happened covering- in Vegas? Covering Texas basketball and got married. Yay! I know. It was spoiler amazing. alert. It's been behind the scenes here. It was amazing. Um, we and actually your bride hella- looked beautiful. Well, she's the best. I mean, she puts up with me. So we <laughs> helicoptered from Vegas into the Grand Canyon. Got married. It was a beautiful, picture perfect Saturday, and and then. We did our reception at Chris Angel, the mind freak magician. Um, we actually had tickets to that before we decided we were getting married that day. But um, <laughs> it ended up being outrageously interesting. I found out the men's basketball team was at David Copperfield that night. Oh. Um, and then, and then uh, my bride and I, she went to the games, the Texas basketball games at uh, – T-Mobile, one of which almost didn't happen, and I covered the games. So it was a it was a really eventful weekend. And oh, by the way, there was a ton going on with Texas football from uh, Tashard Choice, who I covered when he was with the Dallas Cowboys uh, as a running back, being named Stan Drayton's replacement as running backs coach to um, us. You know, reporting that Andre Coleman, the receivers coach, is out and Steve Sarkeesian is, um, you know, looking for a new receivers coach. And Casey Thompson entered the transfer portal. And on uh, Monday, um, you know, wrote a long post on social media thanking Texas uh, for you know, his experience as a Longhorn, he, you know, graduated in three years, but that is significant Taylor, because we know you have to have the quarterback situation, right. And, you know, say what you want about, um, you know, whether Casey, his second half of the season, you know, compared to his first half of the season, but the kid, you know, led the big 12 in passing touchdowns and, um, three different, you know, set of school record, three games where he threw for five touchdowns, um, you know, completed 63% of his passes. And, and this was his first year as a starter and he had two years left of eligibility. So you would think the quarterback would develop. So you get a guy who, you know, throws for 
24 touchdowns and, and nine interceptions in year one that he's got room to grow. And I think the, um, you know, just the lack of clarity about what the quarterback situation was going to be, obviously with Quinn Ewers coming in, um, I think Casey felt like, you know what, I don't know if I have anyone in my corner and I don't yeah. know that Steve Sarkeesian's in my corner and I'm going to go uh, try and find a place uh, where, you know, I, I feel like the coach is more in my corner and, and look, who are we to say we were not in those quarterback meeting rooms all season, what right. Steve Sarkeesian and Casey Thompson were saying. Um, obviously, uh, you hate to lose a guy who had a year in this offense because this is not an easy offense to learn. It's voluminous. And um, we we had multiple players tell us that. So, you know, if you're a Texas fan, you're so excited about Quinn Ewers, the highest rated recruit since Vince Young. Um, but he doesn't even have his playbook yet. He won't get it till he's enrolled or not supposed to. Uh, and so you know, now you've got, you got Quinn Ewers, you got Hudson card who started the season, but Casey finished the season as the starter and Charles Wright and Malik Murphy, who is hugely talented, big arm, um, but is still learning the quarterback position uh, and has to learn this offense. So it's, you know, your, your, your quarterback room isn't set up right anymore, right? You had a veteran, you bring in a transfer who's, you know, been at Ohio State, been in those meetings, and you got Hudson who's got some experience, and then you've got Malik who's a true freshman, right? And it's it's set up pretty well, but now you're you don't have that veteran, um, quote unquote veteran who's got ten games of starting experience, so it's it's exciting because Quinn Ewers is you know, one of the best quarterback recruits ever to sign at Texas. But what if he gets injured or what if, you know, it, it puts a lot on his shoulders too, Taylor. I right. mean, we know this place can, can, you know, amp guys up to, to where the expectations are almost unattainable. And this is a guy who's got all the recruiting hype and everything. Um, but he, he's got to develop too. He does. Yeah. And Texas is, is, you know, a, a tough place to come because I, I feel like every time, you know, Chip and I were talking about this before we started recording, but I feel like, you know, a lot of times when Texas signs big name guys or big recruiting classes, a lot of the expectations from Texas fans and Texas faithful is day one, all Americans. And you can't, I mean, you know, I go back to what my, my father-in-law always told me that there are very few players that he ever saw in his 30 plus years coaching uh, football that could ever go from, you know, high school straight to the NFL. And the only player he ever would point to was Adrian Peterson because he, and he coached Adrian Peterson as well. Um, you know, when he was in East Texas there. So, I mean, yeah, the, the expectations are super high for Quinn Ewers. Um, it is good that Texas at least still has Hudson card. It's going to be, I think a challenge at this point, Chip, and something that Steve Sarkeesian is going to really have to work in overdrive a little bit to keep him on the roster um, just because I think all of the hype is with Quinn Ewers. But 
at this point, Hudson's the only one that not only has collegiate starting experience, but he's the only one that has any knowledge of this playbook that Steve Sarkeesian has. And you're right. You know, there have been a lot of players that, that are on offense at Texas that talked openly about how, you know, in depth and how detailed and how um, advanced, I think is probably the right, the best word to say it, but the, um, the playbook is especially for quarterbacks at Texas. So, you know, this is, um, it's a little surprising development for me. I think, I think that I was expecting Casey to at least, you know, the one thing that I know that I've seen people like kind of bash Casey on social media saying he's afraid to compete. Casey's only competed <laughs> since he's been at Texas. I mean, think about it. Like, he, as you've always said, he's the guy that was never supposed to be the guy. And I, I, don't, I hate that narrative. I do not think that this is something that you can say about Casey Thompson. I do think that there are probably some quarterbacks you could say that about at different schools when this, you know, happens. But Casey has done nothing but comp compete, you know, since he enrolled at Texas in 2018. So, um, but I did expect him to stick around and see how the spring competition played out because I didn't expect him to enter the transfer portal, but this is a huge loss. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people were critical on Casey Thompson's performance. I was one of them, you know, I, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but now that these players are getting paid, I think it gives you a lot more, um, reason to be a little bit more critical on them. If, I mean, you know, if we are doing our job bad and we're getting paid a salary then, or, you know, getting paid money, it's, we deserve criticism, you know? And so I think that, um, but, you know, I think the thumb injury really was more significant and substantial than what was really alluded to. And that was probably done intentionally to keep it, you know, under wraps a little bit so that defenses weren't going after, you know, his throwing hand or anything or trying to take him out more. But I, I do think that, you know, there was a lot of things that probably played into this situation happening now. And I will give Casey Thompson credit, though, for him waiting until after National Signing Day to enter the transfer portal. Because, I mean, this is not a decision you make overnight. And, um, you know, in your reporting and um, you speaking with Charles Thompson, Casey Thompson's dad, um, in your report about Casey entering the transfer portal, you know, it sounds like they've been having these conversations for a while. But there's no denying that this is a, a loss, a big loss for Texas. And it definitely does put a lot more pressure, I think, on Quinn Ewers at this point or Hudson Card. But you know, this is not an ideal situation. And now I feel like this almost further um, magnifies the need for Texas to go after a transfer portal quarterback right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think, um, and it's it's interesting because there was some speculation uh, and we reported as Steve Sarkeesian reiterated and confirmed on signing day when he said that he told Casey Thompson and Hudson card, there would be a minimum of two quarterbacks added to the quarterback room, most likely one from the portal, obviously the other being Malik Murphy, who'd been committed to Texas for a long time, but they had been talking or have been talking to other, uh, you know, quarterbacks who are either in the portal or are thinking about being in the portal. Um, one of whom was Miles Brennan, who has now decided he's going to stay at LSU. So I think it's tricky because um, if you're a veteran in the portal, who wants to come get behind the Quinn Ewers train? Yeah. Uh, because they're learning the offense at the same time rate at the same time they're learning it 
just like Hudson and Casey were learning it last year. Mm-hmm. And unless there's a quarterback who's worked with Steve Sarkeesian and knows, um, you know, his offense and there's not a quarterback at Alabama, uh, who fits this kind of mold or, uh, profile. So it's, it's going to be interesting, um, because, you know, what if, and, and look, uh, <laughs> I know that at the end of the season, uh, there was frustration from Casey because, you know, they played both quarterbacks in the Kansas game. Casey got two series. Hudson got three. And the third was a, a pick six um, that, you know, put put them in a hole that Texas ended up getting out of, getting into overtime. You know, it was a mess, Taylor. Yeah. There was little rhyme or reason from what I'm being told as to how the that quarterback rotation was going. There just wasn't a lot of trust, uh, I think, from really maybe both quarterbacks wondering, okay, is this a setup to attract a portal quarterback to make it look like we have no quarterback? You know, we this job's totally open. You know, there's no one here. There's no incumbent. And and I think I think that was frustrating to Casey because, you know, for Casey trying to play through the thumb injury, some games were better than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were games where receivers dropped passes like Baylor and West Virginia, uh, and the offense couldn't get going. There were other games where he, you know, West or Iowa State, his thumb, he couldn't throw the ball. I mean, he was bouncing. And, and so it was just a strange year at the quarterback position. And, um, and so here we are, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. And you, you know, look, everything starts at the quarterback position for Texas, for any major program, you've got to have the quarterback position, right. Or you're, um, you're, you better have a defense that looks like the Ravens in 2000 or something. You, you gotta have, I mean, some Alabama team, some would argue the Alabama team that beat Texas for the national championship in 09 with Greg McElroy, that Greg McElroy wasn't anything special, but he had Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram at running back. He had yeah. Julio, <laughs> you know, Julio Jones at receiver and a massive offensive line. It, it, look, you and I could have, no, I'm kidding, but <laughs> look, this is, this is, um, it's a rebuild. Mm-hmm. It's a rebuild. And, and Steve Sarkeesian, um, has told us that, I mean, he told us that, that again on signing day when he, now the number's 36 or 37 new players, potentially Taylor. So I just think Texas fans, everything, you know, have to settle into the fact that this is a rebuild. Yeah. You're playing Alabama in week two and you're playing Jeff trailer and his 12 and one UTSA Roadrunners in week three. But this is, you're starting from scratch. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I will say, I want to go back to one thing you said. If there was questions, if they were doing this intentionally, make the quarterback look like they needed a quarterback, that sounds crazy to me. I mean, I, I maybe the players felt that way. I'm not sure. I, you know, but at a place like Texas, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have time to like just have a throwaway year. I mean, let's be honest. This is a, a program that's on his fourth head coach. 
since 2013. So, you know, in, in a seven year span, essentially it's on his fourth head coach. That seems ludicrous to me. I can't imagine Steve Sarkeesian just using that as like a, Hey, maybe we need a quarterback here because, you know, it could cost him his job if he did something like that. So and well, I, I know the younger, younger players may think that younger people may think things like that. I get that, but that's, or maybe like they crazy. thought they could beat Kansas no matter who was playing maybe yeah and and they probably should have i mean let's let's be real about that they probably should have um that was a, a a terrible defensive performance by texas against kansas it was very reminiscent of the the last time they played which was in 2019 since they didn't play each other in 2020 because of kansas covid issues you know that was a terrible defensive performance that cost todd orlando his job honestly i think that he was done at that point but yeah i mean there's they should have beat kansas let's be honest but um, there's no denying Chip that this is a huge loss for Texas, and I'm curious where, I mean, where would they go in the transfer portal if you if you were Steve Sarkeesian right now? Where do you go? Right. I mean, who who wants to come in to Quinn Ewer's shadow? I mean, yeah, it's and that was going to be a that's look if Hudson Card beats out Quinn Ewers, there's a segment of the fan base that is going to be like, huh? Yeah. You know, nope. and that's again. Quinn Ewers learning the offense for the first time. Hudson Card, you hope, continues to develop in this offense. I mean, look, Hudson Card completed over 60% of his passes, threw for five touchdowns with one interception. Um, I mean, he didn't he didn't play terribly, just the offense bogged down. And I mean, it bogged down at times under Casey. There were a lot yeah. of three and outs. Um, and and so, you know, you you hope he's going to continue to develop, but there's going to be a part of the fan base that's going to be like, no, Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers. And the minute Hudson Card struggles, they're going to be like, get Quinn Ewers in there. Yes. Yeah. It, it'll be reminiscent of the, but not even really. I mean, if, if Casey had stuck around, it, it would have been more reminiscent of the Major Applewhite, Chris Sims situation because at least Casey would have, you know, he threw for five touchdowns without an interception against OU. I mean, the guy that was a that was a signature game for for Casey Thomas. He played great in that game. Yeah, and he also they, had Xavier Worthy that played fantastic in that game too. Well, against OU. Yeah, I mean Xavier I mean, that fumbled first touch, kick yeah. return, but I mean, but there still, was like his receiving. No, I'm saying as as a yeah. quarterback, Chris Sims never had a game like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to see how your quarterback is going to handle the biggest stage against your mm -hmm. biggest rival, the rival who's kicking your butt six straight years, um, you know, for the conference championship, Casey Thompson showed he can, you know, deliver in that game for sure. And, and is it, is an asset. I mean, I don't think anyone listening to us would argue that Casey Thompson's not an asset at quarterback. I mean, they can, you know, you know, talk about the pick six against Oklahoma state that, uh, you know, they were still ahead. That was in the first half. They were still ahead by 11 in the third quarter. Right. It, it, you know, bottom line is like you said, it's, it's a huge loss. Now Steve Sarkeesian's got to manage this thing just right. And I don't know, I don't know who would come in. I don't know, yeah. you know, cause if you have one year left, what are you going to do? You wouldn't even tell Casey Thompson he was the incumbent, which could have taken some pressure off 
of Quinn Ewers all through the spring and all through fall camp. Right. You said yeah. Casey Thompson's our starter. You know, Quinn Ewers is getting better. He's progressing. He's progressing. And then if Quinn Ewers beats him out in fall camp, hey, Quinn Ewers has beaten out Casey Thompson, whatever. And, and so I don't know. How do you get a veteran in here now? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a tough job if, if it's even a feasible job, Chip. And, and I think the biggest thing that you mentioned there and talking about, you know, with Quinn Ewers, when Texas signed him, everybody expects him to be the guy. But remember, this is supposed to be a kid that should be graduating high school right now and coming in as an early enrollee, right. not a guy as a coming out of the transfer portal. Um, you know, and, and as a little sneak peek, we are going to have Steve Wiltfong on for our flagship interview on Monday. He even said something uh, about it and said, you know, I still consider Quinn Ewers part of the 2022 class because that's what he was. He was part of that 2022 class before he reclassified and enrolled in August. And I would say the one thing I would say to any Texas fan that expects Quinn Ewers to be an All-American the minute that he throws his first pass at Texas is tap the brakes a little bit because it actually will benefit Quinn Ewers for him to have a full year at the at a college program, the same college program. I mean, he he's only been been in college since the beginning of August, and he wasn't even supposed to be in college at the beginning of right. August. He was supposed to be in college like in January of 2022. So, um, you know, I think that you've got it. That if you're a Texas fan, you've got to have some sort of patience right now when it comes to the quarterback position because, you know, expecting Quinn Ewers to be you know, a Heisman favorite or something in year one. And then like saying he's going to be a bust or something. If he throws a couple intercessions, I, I know how this works. We all know how this works. Texas fans, like, let's be real. Like we chip and I have covered this for so long. I know Texas fans have been around for decades. This is how it goes at Texas. If you, your first mistake, it's like, Oh, he's a bust. It's like, let's just tap the brakes there. And maybe this will be a good situation. If Hudson card continues to develop, um, and you know, I mean, Hudson Carr didn't have a true red shirt freshman season really, you know, with COVID and everything as an early enrollee, he didn't go through, um, he went through some winter conditioning, didn't go through spring practice, didn't have a normal summer off season. They had a shortened season and everything in 2022. So, I mean, this is, this is a, a unique situation that Texas is in, but it's not going to be the end of the world if Hudson Card is named the starter you know, for week one. And it doesn't mean that Steve Sarkeesian doesn't know what he's doing if he's named the starter in week one too, because I think you got to see how this plays out. And the last thing that Texas needs is for Quinn Ewers to come in and kind of have a Garrett Gilbert-esque type of, you know, um, entry at the college level. And that would be, that would be detrimental to the program. So I think that you got to tap the brakes on any, any thought that Quinn Ewers is going to be a Heisman candidate in year one. Maybe he will, if he is, then I will eat crow as long as for the rest of my career, I will eat crow, but expecting that at this point is way too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And remember the <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian went with Mac Jones. Now Mac Jones had shown on the field. He could, you know, handle some things when to a, you know, tongue of Iloa was injured. Um, but he kept Bryce young on the bench last year when Alabama was winning the national championship and Bryce young is as close to Aaron Rodgers as I've seen in a college player. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian has, 
has made big, bold decisions in the past, but that was at Alabama where they were rolling no matter what. And this is Texas coming off a five and seven season. And, and, and he's got a, he's, you know, Steve Sarkis has got a lot on his plate because when you talk rebuild, you've got to establish, reestablish your culture with right. a whole new group of players. And they've got to, you know, come together, bond, you know, get to that point where they'll do anything for the guy next to them. And that takes time. So this is an exciting time. It was an unbelievable signing day. Uh, Quinn Ewers, big part of that, but the offensive and defensive linemen coming in give Texas fans hope because that's where Texas has been lacking. Even when there were great offensive and defensive linemen in the state of Texas, Texas wasn't always in on those kids for whatever reason. Now they're bringing them in left and right in this class and they need to stack classes like this in 23 and 24, but this is the kind of first step that this program uh, has needed in a long time. And, and it's an exciting time uh, yeah. to shard choice. I mean, you know, this is a guy who took the USC job Taylor and then turned around and said, Oh, Steve Sarkeesian wants me. I'm going to Texas. And yeah. to shard choice is a high energy guy. I covered him when he was a Dallas cowboy and, uh, had him on a radio show I used to do, and he is all energy, all all the time, really high energy recruiter, and and so um, I think that is an exciting hire. And now uh, Steve Sarkeesian's looking for a new receivers coach, and um, we reported on that situation that uh, maybe Steve Sarkeesian and Andre Coleman didn't see eye to eye in in the recruiting process that, um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian wants F1 cars and Andre Coleman kind of looks for those F-150 trucks, you know, that are, <laughs> that are going to be, uh, hard, you know, overachieving blue collar types. And Steve Sarkeesian's like, no, I need Jalen Waddles. Okay. And so, and Look, Texas had some decommitments, Evan Stewart, uh, Armani Winfield, uh, Faison Wilson. And so, you know, Sark brought in Xavier Worthy. He wants more guys like that. And and so now Texas looking for a new receivers coach. And, you know, a lot of focus on, on Brennan Marion, possibly from Pitt, who's uh, already getting a reputation for his go-go offense. This is a fascinating possibility if it ends up being Brendan Marion, you know, to to have his, you know, look, head coaches are always looking for new, fresh ideas. If you could get Brendan Marion as a receivers coach, because he's getting some talk about maybe being an offensive coordinator, that would be exciting. So it's look, it's a it's a big time right now uh, for for Texas football. Yeah, it is. And and we've kind of hinted a little bit on the flagship podcast over the last several weeks, Chip, about there's at least going to be one coaching change from what we were hearing through our sources. And this was the one, you know, where Steve Sarkeesian makes the change himself. And, you know, Andre Coleman's a great guy. I always enjoyed talking to him, but there's no denying that the aside from Xavier Worthy, the receivers haven't really developed very much in the last uh, two years, really. I mean, you know, he he was 
um, upgraded from an analyst to Tom Herman's wide receivers coach uh, heading into the 2020 season after Herman um, whiffed on some of the receivers coaches that he was trying to go after then. And I think that, you know, this is probably a needed change. I always hate saying that because I feel bad for these coaches. I mean, I know fans don't like consider that, but these people have families and stuff and they're, you know, losing their job. I mean, that's never a good situation for anybody. But I think this was kind of a, a little bit of a, a slow moving train that we knew was going to eventually pick up steam and, and be the end result. And, you know, and as Chip was the one who first reported this news and broke the story about Andre Coleman. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot to watch, I think, there. Um, and, you know, if they can get the Marion from uh, Pittsburgh, that that would be a pretty huge hire, I think. And but you guys stay tuned. That's why you uh, subscribe to Horns 24-7 as well, because we are usually in the know on these type of situations. And uh, even though it's Christmas time, we're all working on overdrive to get the latest scoop on this. So you'll want to make sure to join Horns 24-7 if you are not a current member. Um, if you want to sign up for an annual membership, we give 30% off your first year for new members or your first month for a dollar. So definitely check that out because there's more news coming, both from the coaching side and also the transfer portal side, because Texas recruiting is not done right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Well, we're going to change things up a little bit, right, Taylor? Um, we or- are, yes. So uh, for a Christmas special, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to have a different segment instead of you know our fan favorite, love it or leave it. And it's going to be a pretty fun one, I think, and more of a personal one. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Um, but we are going to take a quick break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To switch this up, Chip and I were kind of talking about with it being Christmas time and everything, we're going to throw out some Christmas wishes for Texas fans um, for, you know, this year and beyond. So, Chip, I think let's start with you. What's what's your first Christmas wish for Texas fans? Well, I think... um... You know, I'll start off with uh, a veteran quarterback in the transfer portal. Somehow, some way, uh, wish for Steve Sarkeesian to to bring in a, a veteran uh, quarterback to help stabilize that quarterback room because I think you've got some young guns in there, um, but you'd, you'd probably like to have a guy who's got some, you know, big big time experience. Uh, and I think it's going to be tough, but, uh, I'll, I'll wish that for Steve Sarkeesian Taylor. How about you? All right. Well, my first one is for Texas fans to practice some patience over the next couple of years, because I know there's a lot of hype right now with Texas and signing, you know, the nation's number five signing class, which is awesome. I mean, coming, especially coming off of a five and seven season chip, let's be real. That doesn't happen very often. And so, but Again, as we said before, I feel like Texas fans, when they sign these big classes or these big recruits, a lot of times it's the expectation is day one All-American or day one college football award winner or something like that. And it's just not 
that's just setting yourself up for disappointment. So my first wish for uh, Texas fans is to practice a little patience because if you listen to our in Mondays, this upcoming Monday's interview with Steve Wiltfong, you will hear how impressive, especially this offensive line and defensive line hall that Texas signed. So, um, you know, I, I, I listen to Fong all the time. It, you know, when he says those things, you take it, you don't take it with a grain of salt. You take it as, as the gospel. And that's what um, I think you're going to be excited. If you're a Texas fan, you're going to be excited to hear that interview that we have coming up here next week. But that's my first one. Patience. Let these coaches develop these players because I think that the the future is bright if these guys get the proper development. What's your second? Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that and say, you know, it's a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Steve Sarkeesian, you know, with two weeks left in the season, he said we could potentially have 33 new players. And then on signing day, he said we could have 36 or 37 new players on our roster. It's a rebuild. So just sort of calibrate your mind to that and get excited to watch these young players grow. I know the last thing you want to hear is, wait, we're not going to be in contention again? (laughs) And and no coach is ever going to temper that with his players, especially when you have a recruiting class full of guys like Jare Bledsoe and Kelvin Banks and Quinn Ewers. But remember, Mac Brown brought in maybe the best recruiting class of all time in 2002 with Vince Young, Casey Studdard, Lyle Senline, Justin Blaylock, uh, Brian Robinson, the list goes on on Selvin Young. They didn't win the national championship until 2005. Mm-hmm. So it takes it takes a little time, but if you've got really talented players like Xavier Worthy was fun to watch this year, get excited about watching, you know, Jure Bledsoe, Jamon Tapp, Justice Finkley, uh, Ethan Burke, all these guys, watch them grow and help them recruit the next round of top five recruits. And so just maybe be excited to watch really talented young players grow. Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I was going to say, remember, Vince Young did not start right. <laughs> in 2002 or 2003. He did in 2004. But still, that was, you know, Quinn Ewers, the highest rated quarterback recruit coming out of high school since Vince Young. Just try to remember those early days, Texas fans here. Um, anyway, my second one is... Texas baseball, collegiate baseball came out with its preseason rankings and Texas baseball was number one, ranked number one preseason. And so my wish for Texas fans is that Texas baseball lives up to the preseason hype and, you know, maybe kind of erases a little bit of the sorrow from the football season by having a solid baseball season for Texas and for David Pierce's, you know, it was fun last year to watch them go to Omaha. Let's see them, you know, make it further in the tournament. Taylor, my last Christmas wish would be for all the you know, all the kids uh, in the transfer portal, whether they're leaving Texas or you know going somewhere else, to find a, a happy home because these are student athletes who are trying to uh, live out their dreams. Uh, Skylar Fields, that was a bit of a surprise uh, going into the weekend. The All American uh, junior opposite hitter for Jared Elliott's volleyball team, and then I called around and look, she wants to be the featured player and she's on a team with Logan Eggleston. 
and Molly Phillips. You know, I mean, th that's a team with five All-Americans and Skylar Fields is talented enough to be the featured player on a team. Um, and it's her dream to have that opportunity. And she's playing with Asia O'Neal as well. I mean, I guess there are times where you can have too much talent. Um, and so you just hope the Casey Thompson's, the Skylar Fields, the Jared Wiley's of the world uh, find what they're looking for. And, and then, you know, for the, the teams still playing in this 21, 22 school year, there's a lot of excitement ahead. I mean, Texas men's and women's basketball are both capable of deep runs in March. I mean, you've got the women's tennis team is the defending national champion. They're loaded again this year. The men's tennis team, uh, you mentioned, you know, baseball. I mean, there's a lot of excitement and, and so, you know, enjoy those teams too, because yeah. they're super talented. Go out, support them, watch them and cheer them on. Cause they're, there's some talent on, on the 40 acres. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great one too. Um, my final one chip is, um, that Texas, it's kind of similar to your first when you said quarterback, I think that my wish would be that Texas lands instant contributors from the transfer portal. Um, whether it's probably on the offensive line will be a key one. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the quarterback, I think that it would not hurt Texas to add some more bodies at wide receiver and some cap not just capable bodies, but some solid, you know, potential playmakers. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch that play out with um, they're not being a receivers coach currently on staff, but they have some time to kind of add some more players there. Receiver usually is a skill position that players can play day one, you know, even if they don't have too much experience, but to land some, some, you know, instant contributors from the, the transfer portal would be my final wish for Texas fans heading into the uh, 2022 season. Well, Taylor, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Thanks so much uh, for taking some time this Christmas week uh, to listen in or whenever you're listening in. We always appreciate your, your tuning in to the flagship podcast and um, hope everyone has a great um, Christmas full of you know friends and family. And um, until next time here on the flagship podcast for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. Stay safe and keep the faith and Merry Christmas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.